born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Take your Bible, turn to the book of Acts. The book of Acts in chapter 9. I'm going to cover a few things with you very quickly. I want to talk to you a little bit about what was Paul like before he got saved. Boy, he was one bad dude. If you ever needed to pray for anybody, you'd want to pray for this guy because, see, Saul, before he became known as Paul, was a bad man. Now, he didn't think he was bad. He thought he was doing God a favor. So in verse 1, he says, And Saul yet breathing out threatenings, and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest, desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly uh, there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Because see, the church is his body. And if you persecute the church, you're persecuting Christ. Understand your position and who you are in this world. And so just like the Lord says, why persecutest thou me? See, the Lord doesn't like it whenever you pick on his body. Verse 5, And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord says, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembled and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Now, this story is related several times. Chapter 22, chapter 26, where he gives his testimony in several places. And each time he gives it, it adds a little bit more detail. It, it's in the historical book. It doesn't tell us all that we want to know, but it tells us all that we need to know. And so there's not all the information given at one time. When it comes to the Apostle Paul, the Bible says that he was a young man. When Stephen was stoned, the Bible tells us that they laid they're closed down at a young man's feet. And he consented unto his death. Just look very quickly at that one verse. See there in uh, verse 58 of chapter 7. And cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes 
at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. So this is that same Saul. And then you look in chapter 8 and verse 1, it says, And Saul was consenting unto his death. Saul is the one that has been talked about here in chapter 9. But what was he really like? How, how did he describe himself? Well, there's some interesting scripture, but hold your place here in Acts because we'll come back here. But look in Galatians in chapter 1. Galatians in chapter 1. Over the years, I have no idea how many times I have given my personal testimony. Because, you see, that's what happened to me. You ought to know what happened to you. Your testimony, what you thought, what you found out, what you did. And learn to give it in a, a little story form. And sometimes it's good to tell people, can I tell you what happened to me 20 years ago, 30 years ago? Or I have lived for 60 years and the most important thing ever happened to me in my whole life happened to me one night. And then tell them the story of how you got saved. You see, sometimes people don't mind hearing your story because it's yours and it's unique. Nobody else has yours. So you are different and you are unique. But here in Galatians in chapter 1, look there in verse 11. Galatians chapter 1 in verse 11. It says, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, that means he was not led to Christ by anybody except Christ himself. And he says, Neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, he heard the message straight from the Lord, straight from Jesus Christ. And then he tells you a little bit about how things were done. He says here in verse 13, For ye have heard of my conversation or behavior, manner of life, my testimony in time past, in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure, I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. In other words, Paul is telling you, I did everything I could to destroy the church. Now, here you and I are 2,000 years later. Do you think that we're supposed to be able just to build a church and build this ministry, build that ministry, and without problems? When well, there's somebody else who thinks that they're maybe doing God a, a favor and the devil can even use people and destroy everything you try to do. I've often wondered what could have been done if I didn't have all this opposition. Well, that's great. But you do. So you're not going to be judged by God when you get to heaven because of what you could have done if everybody had helped. No, it's what did you do with the people that did work against you? What was your attitude? Did you do what you could have done? Every man is going to be judged according to his own faithfulness. But look what he says in verse 14 concerning himself. He says, and profited in the Jews' religion. I guess you could say he was moving on up. He was getting to be somebody. He says, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church and wasted it and profited in the Jews' religion above many my equal in my own nation. In other words, he was a young man. And he says, being more exceedingly zealous of the tradition of my fathers. I mean, he was committed. This man was on fire. You know, when God saved him, it didn't change much except just his direction and who he was doing it for. He was already filled with zeal, but he was just wrong. 
But in verse 15, he says, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me, that I might preach Him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Then look down in verse 23. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preached the faith which once he destroyed, and they glorified God in me. You see, regardless of what you have done, is what are you doing for the Lord now? And is God getting the glory from your life because of what God has done for you? Did God know all these bad things that this man had done? Yeah. Knew every bit of it. Look in Philippians in chapter 3. You're right there. Look in Philippians in chapter 3. And you'll notice there in chapter 3 and verse 4. Verse 4. He says, Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Because even if he failed, he made the right sacrifice. He did everything he was supposed to do. This was one man, more zealous than those that were his own age. Moving on up, he was somebody persecuting the church. But this is the kind of a man that he was. You know why God doesn't use perfect people? There aren't any. God delights in using sinners. He came into the world to save sinners. And that's why it's so important to keep that in mind. Take your Bible and look in 1 Corinthians in chapter 15. 1 Corinthians in chapter 15 you know, this is the, the resurrection chapter. And talking about the grace of God and why a man should serve the Lord. You and I have been blessed by God to hear the gospel. We believed it. We know we have eternal life. We're going to heaven when we die. And yet God has seen fit to let us have a few little years to live. First Corinthians chapter 15. Look there in verse 9. In verse 9 where he says, For I am the least of the apostles that am not meet or fit to be called an apostle. And here's why you ought to underline this. There was something that he did. Of all the things that he did, what he did to persecute the church of God, that was a bad thing he did. Because you see, the church belongs to God. The church is his body. And when you hurt the body of Christ, you're persecuting him. Did you know that when a Christian wrongs another Christian, he's sinning against Christ? You may think, I'm just mad at him. But if it's unjustified, you're sinning against God, against Christ himself. I have other verses to show you, but I take time for it now. But look what he says in verse 9. He says, Because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And 
I have done what I've done. And by the grace of God, I will do what I will do. But I am what I am by the grace of God. I am a saved man. I have eternal life. I'm God's child. I'm going to heaven when I die by the grace of God. Did you realize just to live another 50 years, that was by the grace of God. To have a good wife, that's by the grace of God. I sure don't deserve it. Don't laugh so loud over there. You don't have to agree with everything that I say. But look in verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. When he makes that statement, and His grace was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. It's like saying life was given to me, but not in vain. Opportunities were given to me, but not in vain. His word was given to me, but not in vain. His Holy Spirit was given to me to lead me, to guide me, and all these things. And it wasn't in vain. What God has done for me is not in vain. Because I've taken all these things that God has done for me and given to me. And by the grace of God, I want to serve the Lord. Kind of like what he's talking about right here. By the grace of God, I am what I am. I may not be all that I ought to be, but blessed be God, I'm not what I used to be. Look in 1 Timothy in chapter 1. 1 Timothy in chapter 1. 1 Timothy in chapter 1. Just take a moment, look down there in, oh, let's say verse 8. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. In verse 9, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. Because a righteous man doesn't need the law. But it's made for the lawless and the disobedient. But the law wasn't given to save the man, but to reveal how lawless he is, how disobedient he is. So the law becomes a mirror so that we can see ourselves. And so God has given to us his perfect law, which is a mirror that we look into. That's in the book of James. But look what he says in the uh, verse 9. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. But for the lawless and the disobedient, for the ungodly, for sinners, for the unholy, profane, for murderers and of fathers and murderers of mothers and manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, liars, but lying among all those other bad things, I guess it's bad too. For perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, it must not be right. In verse 11, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, and you ought to underline this, which was committed to my trust. That glorious gospel means a perfect gospel. When we talk about come short of the glory of God, short of His perfection, and you and I need to be perfect to get to heaven, then the gospel we preach must make a man perfect, or it doesn't do him any good. When I believed on Jesus Christ, believing He died in paper, all of my sins, 
then all of my sins are paid. He gives me his righteousness, makes me as perfect as God. That's why it's a glorious gospel. It is a gospel of perfection. There is no other message like that message. No other message will work. You add one work to the gospel, and it's no longer the gospel. It's no longer good news. Because if you have to do one work, that means your security in salvation is not secure. And that's not good news. But look what he says. In the last part of verse 11, which was committed to my trust. This is Paul talking. He says, in spite of everything that I have ever done, and all the persecution that I've done, inhaling men and women and throwing them into prison and persecuting the... He says, the glorious gospel. The law didn't do it. The law didn't save me. He says, this gospel, the good news. And then he says in verse 12, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he, and you ought to underline these words, he counted me faithful. How come God used Paul? Because he was faithful. Faithful. A lot of people are not faithful. If there's anything that you want to be, you ought to have that little definition after you name it. He was a faithful man. He was faithful. Dependable. So he says here, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. It's the Lord that puts you in the ministry because you're faithful. If you want to be in the ministry and you're not faithful, you'll never get there. Now you can do religious things, but God didn't put you there. You can exalt yourself and you can accept things and try to do things and be in something. If God didn't put you there, you're in trouble. That's why you get so burnt out. Because, you see, you don't have the confidence, this is what God wanted me to do. And you can't do it with His power and that confidence and that boldness. But look what He says here in verse 13. I mean, this is awesome. This is the way He was. This is the way He was. Who was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, an injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in, what's the next word? Unbelief. I was an unbeliever. But now, something's happened. Verse 14, And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. The grace of our Lord. The grace of our Lord. And in verse 15, if he can save the chief, he can save all the little Indians. This is a faithful saying. And worthy of all acceptation. means worthy of all to accept. Christ Jesus came into the world to save who? Sinners. The law could not save sinners. The law only reveals you're a sinner. But the law couldn't save a sinner. That's why it says the law is good if you use it lawfully. In other words, for its intended purpose. To reveal the righteousness of God. The sinfulness of man. And yet there would have been no hope had Christ not gone to the cross and died and paid for all the sins of the world. So he says in verse 16. Now look in verse 16. How be it for this cause... So he knew there was a reason behind the reason. This cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern, 
for a pattern. I wonder what that means for a pattern. To them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. If God can save me, then you know God can save anybody. So God, in a miraculous way, reached down and by the grace of God appeared to him on the road to Damascus and saved Paul as bad as he was with all that he had done. And he was a religious man. And he thought that what he was doing was for the Lord. But he said, I did it ignorantly in unbelief. You see, when you're an unbeliever, you need grace. You need mercy. And that's why you find that all time. I obtain mercy. This glorious gospel. This perfect message that can take a sinner and make him perfect. Make him justified in the eyes of God. And so I like that part where he says, for a pattern or an example to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. You notice the only thing you have to do here to have everlasting life is to believe on him. Isn't that what it says? It's all you have to do is simply believe. And he says there in verse 17, Now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. You see, God is the only one that can get all the credit for a man being saved. Because God did it. Man didn't do it. You and I have an awful lot to be thankful for. So when you go back and you read a little bit about the, um, the Apostle Paul, and you marvel at how God used him, remember how he was when he started. And you remember that God had to kind of knock him over the head with a two before. God had to get his attention. God had to do a lot of work in his life. But you realize how much he had to go through? Let me just show you this before we close. Here in Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Look in verse 13. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. Lord, do you know what you're doing? Do you know who he is? And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. Are, are you sure, Lord? In verse 15, but in contrast to that, but the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles, and kings, and the children of Israel. In verse 16, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Did you think God already knew all those things that would happen to the Apostle Paul? See, God didn't make Paul do this. But Paul voluntarily, when he realized who it was, he says, Lord, what will thou have me to do? Lord says, this is what I want you to do. And he did everything God says to do when God says to do it. And God used him in a great and powerful, mighty way. So God can use anybody. Because if he can use Paul, he can use you, he can use me. 
I was even told that God in the Old Testament used a jackass and caused a jackass to talk. So if God can use a jackass, I know God can use me. Is that right? He used a rod. He even used a gourd with Jonah. Did you know God even specially prepared a worm to kill the gourd? God can use anything and anybody. Look up here. This hand represents you and me. And the wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. God, He loves us. He hates all that we've done wrong. And it doesn't matter who you are or how many sins you've committed. Because of how bad. When Christ died on the cross, He died for all those sins. All of them. Because you see, the wages of sin is death. That's why Christ had to die. To go to heaven, we have to be perfect as righteous as God. None of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. God says you cannot save yourself only by grace. Grace. That's God's riches at Christ's expense. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord. He came into the world because He loves us, hates our sin, because our sin separates us from the Lord. So Christ took all the sin of all the world, paid for it on the cross, and came back from the dead. And God said that if you and I would believe that He did it for us, He would put the payment to our account, and we get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for us. If you're watching by internet tonight, and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, right now, all that you have to do, it's the only thing you can do, is to believe that what Christ did, He did it for you. And if you'll believe it, God said He would save you and give you eternal life as a free gift. I pray that you would. Let's pray, shall we? Our Father, we do pray especially for those that are not in our midst tonight. Some are ill and there's some that we know are facing surgery. But Father, I, I pray that you'd intervene on her behalf. And Lord, also for this little girl, that Lord, that's um, not doing too good. But we just pray, Lord, that you would help the doctors to do all that they can. And help that little girl of mine to look to you and to trust you. Maybe she doesn't even know how. But Father, give her comfort and peace, knowing that Mama is also very concerned. And she needs to know that you love her, and we pray that we'll have people here that will wrap their arms around her and, and let her know that we care and we pray for her. We want the best. But, Father, we know that sometimes you have a higher motive and a higher desire, a greater plan than what ours is. And you may think that it's a lot better just to take her home. You know what you could be saving her from. But, Father, if not, we pray that you'll help the doctors to find out if she has cancer in the blood cells and if it's in the bone and just what they can do. Lord, we want the best for the little girl. We ask your blessings upon each person here and each one that's struggling with various things, some with health, some jobs, but whatever it is, we know that you're still on the throne and you, you love us, you care about us. And Father, we ask that you would help our country. Oh Lord, we just don't want just anybody. We want the best that you can give us. We pray that we would be wise and 
and do what our responsibilities are. We just pray, Lord, you protect this country and and we just want to have the freedoms to enjoy and to, to serve you and to raise our kids and grandkids. And Father, to have a church where we can come together. You've been good to us and we thank you for it. We don't want to take it for granted. So we commit this night to you. Commit our church and our nation. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Were you ever told that you must confess Christ before men to be saved? Were you warned that if you refused to confess Christ, He would not confess you before the Father? Just what does that mean? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me